If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the Internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. We may not know as many swears as Dedicate Lark, but we do use them more often, so you may not want to listen to this around your own children. Hello, welcome to the Reading Circle Temple. I'm Molly. I'm Indy. I'm Brittany. And I'm Goodwin. And today we are recapping Briar's book. So grab your cup of coffee. Or tea. Or your drink of choice. <laughs> it's finally over. <laughs> finally. Since this is a recap episode, we are doing it a little differently. We've got some questions. The first question that I have for everybody, uh, Briar's book. What was your biggest takeaway? Fictional people got it more together than we do. <laughs> yes. A pre-industrial society has it better taken care of than we do. We're supposed to be a first world country. That's a soapbox I will get on later. I think my big takeaway was that same quote that we talked about over and over throughout the season where Rose Thorne talks about what she hates about pandemics yeah. and they are long and they isolate you. The other natural disasters, the earthquake and the fire, they happen much more quickly and people were together. And so you saw the damage that it did to everyone and you all worked together to clean up after that. I mean, that's, that's what the whole first half of Triss's book is, is people yeah. trying to clean up after the earthquake and they're all working together, but a pandemic forces you apart 
it's not something that's done in a day. It takes a long, long time. We've been at this for a year. We are barely beginning that cleanup process and we still aren't going to be together for several months at least. And I guess the broader point there is that that's why it's so important to stay united in whatever way we can during a pandemic, to check on people, to work together. As Lark says, to not let your stress get the better of you. We are a culture of instant gratification. Mm. So we we see things with natural disasters as we people coming together and cleaning up. And we can physically see from one day to the next the difference that is made. My ex actually lived in Web City and was down visiting us when uh, that big tornado ripped through Joplin. She left, she went back home and she was talking about how digging friends out of rubble that was left after this, watching other people cleaning and helping and all of this stuff. When it was all done, you could see the aftermath that was left, but it had been cleaned. And so there wasn't as much disaster. But like with something like a pandemic, if we don't visually see the difference from day to day, if we look at it as an overarching view, we can see the difference where we were this time last year versus where we are now. That's been a year of progress as averse to like a week of intense labor, moving stuff and taking care of the sick and taking care of those who have died and whatnot. It has a lot to do with our, our instant gratification. We don't see the progress, therefore we feel there is no progress. That ties in a lot with the after natural disasters. We see everybody else's lives have been overturned and everybody's coming together. So. I feel like in the book, Rose Thorne also mentions that people become afraid of one another because they don't know who's sick and who's not. I know that a lot of people who have gotten COVID have like not wanted people to know about it. I've seen like at my school, people who did were pretty open about it. I know in my classroom, we kind of joke about it. You know, somebody has allergies and they're sniffling or they sneeze and then everybody goes, oh, coronavirus. Since I work with low proficiency English speakers, one of our vocabulary words was crown. In Spanish, it's corona. So we talked about, oh, well, coronavirus must be like the king of the viruses <laughs> because it wears a crown and that's why it's so bad. I think for us that humor and trying to maintain some level of humor really helped. You know, that's a really interesting, like, social... The idea that there are some people that are ashamed to, like, admit that they have coronavirus. I I think it might be the younger generation that's just like, hey, I have it or I've had it. I maybe don't want to be around other people and give it to them. Like, I'll, 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 I'll let people know that I have it and, like, I'll stay away from them or something. I'm kind of just rambling, but but that sounds like an interesting um, view into like a generational difference, I think. For example, when I got it, I had a parent conference that we had to do over the computer. The translator had mentioned she has to be on the computer because, and then she was like, oh, I'm, I'm so sorry. Like, I probably shouldn't have told him that you had it and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, 
I don't care. I told all my kids. I sent them all an email that said, hey, I'm not going to be there for two weeks because I have coronavirus. The thing that it makes me think of, and I don't know if this is like totally off base or not, the AIDS epidemic. People were like so ashamed of like having an illness and just would not talk about it. And I don't know if that's something that the older generation is kind of stuck with, with any other type of disease. Nowadays, we also talk about mental health issues, like, you know, that taboo stuff. People couldn't talk about that in the past. But nowadays, people are a lot more open about that and willing to talk about it. So I wonder if it's a similar kind of illnesses being less taboo and you being more open to being able to talk about it with people. I think the AIDS comparison is interesting because I don't not having been alive at the time that it first became a big issue. I don't know what kind of caused that stigma, but I know that there was a big stigma. It's like, oh, you've got AIDS, don't touch me. And and I know that that's kind of still an issue. When I was a kid, somebody said something about like, I'd accidentally like scratched somebody and they were like, don't do that. You can get AIDS from that. And I'm like, no, you can't. Indy might have more insight into this. One of the reasons why the AIDS epidemic was so bad was because no one talked about it. It was more prevalent with homosexual men. That was a huge thing is during that time to be gay or to have an attraction to someone of the same gender was, I mean, it still is in some places one of the worst taboos that you could participate in. Because of the negative view on, again, primarily homosexual men, there was such a, trying to think of a good way to phrase this without sounding angry and frustrated as I am about that whole situation. Um, It sounds like then there was also kind of an element of, oh, you have AIDS and therefore you're gay. Yes, that was definitely a huge thing. Mm -hmm. But I was also going to bring up during the attack at 9-11, there were people who, I mean, obviously got out. Like there were, there were several survivors, but there was also so many people left under the rubble who all died, like to the point where they had to, people had to hide in the rubble so the dogs wouldn't get depressed because all they were finding were dead bodies. Tying that back into this, there is a picture from that where there was someone who jumped because what other option did they have? It was either they were going to be crushed on the rubble, there was a swim to survive, or they would burn to death. So it was a, they were choosing their way to go rather than having it chosen for them. Friends and family of people who did jump referred to them as quitters and all of this stuff, like such a negative connotation because there was no option. Uh, to be honest, if it was me, I would have rather jumped than wait. But there was such a stigma about it that the person who they originally thought was in that photo, who it wasn't him, and they're still not 100% sure, but they're fairly certain who it was. But one of the people that they thought it was, now that's the whole thing about it is frustrating because they came to his daughter during his funeral and asked, hey, is this your dad? And they're like, he's, he wouldn't have done that. He's not a quitter. There's such a negative connotation about people who are sick or who 
have no other option and choose the best, their, their best way to go. All of this, we keep that quiet. We don't talk about mental health. We don't talk about being sick. Whereas people can go, oh, I have cancer. And everybody's like, oh, that really sucks. I'm sorry. How can I help? If you look at somebody and say, oh, I have severe depression and I'm feeling suicidal. Oh, well, can you just not be sad? Have you just tried that? Have you tried going for a walk? <laughs> yeah. I love the don't be sad answer. Yeah. And I honestly think that has a lot to do with America's, specifically America's. Like, it, it it's global. But specifically in America, we have such a fascination with death and such a big love for gore and violence but we don't actually want to look at the intimacy of death because if you get sick, you could die. Well, I don't want to look at you dying. Yeah. Because even when people get cancer, oftentimes (laughs) friends and family will drift away from them because they don't know how to respond to it. Yeah. But yeah, I, I definitely think that as an American culture, we are obsessed with death and violence and gore, but we don't know how to handle it on such an intimate level like being sick or nature just does not want me to record sick. <laughs> but um, yeah, we have this idea of what death should look like. And I've been listening to a different podcast called Death in the Afternoon and one of the main women on it, her name is Catherine, and she runs Ask the Mortician. And she's just like, all of these things about death she talks about. But she had mentioned something about how when we portray like death in movies or TV shows, the cadavers are always lifelike. They look like they're alive. They just look like they're sleeping. We have this ideal of death should be pretty until we don't have to look at it anymore. Any other big takeaways other than, oh God, oh God, oh God? I think my biggest takeaway was that Tamara Pierce is a time traveler. Yes. Yes, definitely. It was so bizarre knowing that this, when when did this book come out again? 98? It was so spot on with what we're going through today. And it was... uh, it was uncanny. We've known about this sort of stuff. It's I remember, you know, a couple of years ago when people were like, we need a new plague. It's like people knew how to take care of plagues back then. And it feels like it's just been so long since we had one that we literally were like caught with our pants down. Absolutely no idea what to do. Yeah. Like Indy said, there's a light at the end of the tunnel now. <sighs> well, TK actually had a comment about what I was saying. He said, it kind of makes me think about how I didn't have a super amazing relationship with my grandpa, so I didn't cry or register any emotions. I'm like shocked until the funeral, which was open casket, and seeing him as just like a wax figure frozen in time just completely pulled down the walls. And that's kind of what we do with death is we don't acknowledge it until it's like right in front of us. And then we just turn around and continue on our lives. That was me at my great grandmother's funeral. <laughs> question number two what would you change about this book if you could i have a feeling i know what Brittany's gonna say 
<laughs> if, in, unless somebody's just going to be like not having a pandemic. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you change anything in this book, it wouldn't make it what it is as tough as a read as it is. It is such a good book. The writing in it is beautiful. And mm, yeah, like I said, it's a tough read, but I don't I don't think that I would want to change anything in it because uh, I know what you would change. What would I change? You would take out all of the explanations about the meaning of kid and uh, yeah, that's the only thing that drove me crazy. Yes. <laughs> small we know. Change, but a change. <laughs> yeah, that's a small change. I'm like, but everything else, if you were to change it, it wouldn't be the same and it wouldn't be as impactful. And this book is just so good. And especially at the time that we're in right now, it's just, uh, it, it was really good. It hurt, but it was so good. It, it, different. Are you, are you willing to read the next one? I'm, I'm willing. <laughs> didn't die. So we're good to go. <laughs> good. I don't know. Like I had said before, if Rose Thor would have died, I probably would be done. But the way that they went about her death, I probably would have been okay and been able to continue. I've already said all that, though. But I, I was upset that she was dying. But the way they handled it, I probably would have been okay if she actually would have died. For sure. I, I was going to say, I still feel weird about that whole you know, Briar bringing Rose Thorn back, even though she like made peace. She was like, "Leave me alone." I mean, he's a kid. As I an know. adult, we we can see uh, it differently. But if yeah. you were his age, you'd probably do the exact same thing. But Absolutely. we're all adults here, so we we see it a lot differently than he does. Yeah, so, I don't I don't blame him for it, but like I, mean, I, I like that it was done that way, even though I I don't. Agree. I don't want to say I, I like disagree with his actions. I don't know. Like, I feel like my own child would do the same thing if I were to die. She would definitely yeah. be like, I want my mom. I'm going after her. I don't care. So that's the child in him. I think it would make an interesting book. And for that matter, an interesting series. If Rose Thorne had died. I mean, not that the series isn't already interesting, but to think about how the series may have changed if that had happened, is a thought. And obviously, Brittany and Goodwin, you don't know really much about what's coming, but you do know that there are several more books. And yeah. I don't think it's a spoiler to say Rose Thorne is going to be a character in at least some of those. You don't what? say. <laughs> what? Uh, how could you ruin this for me? Yeah. Oh uh, I don't know. I feel like if Rose Thorne would have died, Lark would have kind of died as well. I mean, she wouldn't have physically died, but a part of her would not be there. And mm -hmm. she probably would not be a, as good of a teacher for Sandry anymore because I feel like the life in her would just be gone. It would have just that last chapter, literally like the last few paragraphs, if that had changed the entire series following would be completely different. What I would have changed is I would have loved to see more of Crane and Osprey. We see him a little bit in Sandry's book and I think in Triss's book. 
And in Breyer's book, he suddenly goes from being sort of cardboard cutout villain character to being a person. And that's really cool. And I wish we could have would have gotten more in that. I love Osprey. And I think seeing Crane and Osprey's relationship and how it mirrors Rose Thorne and Briars is really fun. And on top of that, I'm pretty sure it's like Fanon that Osprey is the person that Kirill has a crush on. And I want to see more of that because it's fucking adorable. I think it would be really cool to get the book's from Osprey and Crane's point of view. I think that would be really cool, especially like the scene where Briar steals the tree and then seeing what's going on in the greenhouse after all that. I think it would be really cool. That Just would be really interesting. Some little fan fiction. That would be cool. Yeah, Somebody well, have to write it and send it. That I would totally read it. <laughs> it would be really interesting to have a companion series because the first book, we'd see a little bit of overlap, like with Briar stealing the tree. The second book, we'd see a lot more because the pirates, and even though they'd be preparing in a very different way, probably, they'd be doing a lot of preparation. And then the third book would be completely different. Mm-hmm. Totally new Because they're not there. Right. And it would be so interesting. What's going on without them there? That would be really cool. Maybe that's when Osprey and Carell really start to meet and hang out yeah he's so cute osprey you deserve it better though oh i thought of another thing that i would change about this book we don't see gorse i want some gorse that's what i would say more gorse more gorse yes more gorse everyone because there there was like spots that he could have been in there like oh tris is gonna go get some food and she's back ah no Where did the food come from? Exactly. Give me gorse. I want gorse. The other thing that I would change, and this I mentioned in one of the episodes, is I would like to see more about what's going on in the Water Temple. Just because we get so much from the teachers and everybody about how the Water Temple is all bubble and froth and blah, blah, blah. And I really want to know what it looks like from their point of view. That would be a good one, too. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. 
Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50% to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Question number three is what would you like to know more about or what do you hope you get to learn more about in the upcoming books? So this is where I was going to go off on a small tangent. And this is this is relating to the what if Rose Thorne had died and stayed dead. I would love to see how different it would be. Like would the series just have ended there and not had any like real closure or would it have continued on in a similar fashion to what it has in the next uh, quartet or how the grieving process would be handled because we don't see a lot of that. I mean, like we see hints of it when Trish's cousin dies. We, we see hints of grieving there. We see hints of grieving with Daja mourning the loss of her family again because she comes across where she can have all of that life back and she has to grieve it again because she chooses not to take it. We see individual grief. We don't see a collective grieving. Like It would be interesting for me, anyway, to see how the series would change without Rose Thorne and having to go through all of the events that are upcoming while dealing with this immense loss and grief. There's a book that you know would, I mean, like I'm sure that all of the next four books would be drastically different, but there's one in particular that would be extremely different if, if, you know, it happened at all. But there's another one that you haven't read that basically wouldn't have happened. It's really interesting to think about that. Not necessarily something I would change and not necessarily something I know will happen, but something that would have been interesting to see. I want the story of how the human essences were developed. I mean, we get like... Uh a paragraph about it where Crane says, you know, it took us like 10 years. And he's, the way he talks about it, it's almost like an epic fantasy. It's like he's talking about like the Lord of the Rings or something. And 
so-and-so died in the eighth year and we almost couldn't carry on, but we knew we had to. You know, the, the way he talks about it, it sounds like the Fellowship of the Ring losing Gandalf. <laughs> it, it, yeah, it doesn't sound like they were sitting in a laboratory working on this. It sounded like they were like out questing for like ingredients or something. Yeah. To, like, make that, essence. That, that was one of mine too, because that's super cool and super interesting. Like to have these not doppelgangers, but human testing without a human. Yeah. There's a couple of additional things that go with that is we'd get to see Lightsbridge. We'd get to see Young Crane and Rose Thorn, which would be fantastic. That's, that's more of what I would want to see is those two and how they yeah. started getting kind of competitive. Frenemies. Yeah, we yeah. want to see how their relationship developed. I would also be interested in seeing how this research changed medicine for them. Immensely. Yeah. Yeah. I can't I can't imagine it didn't have a giant impact on, on all of what did they do before they developed these? And even so, Crane and Rosethorn, we talk about how they get into picking apart diseases and finding cures. Were there people who did that before? Is this kind of new? So I'd be interested in having sort of the medical history of Emelon. <laughs> I had one more little thing that I wanted to know more about, which I don't know if it'll come into the next book or not. But what was that curse that the lady who made the blue pox slap on her door? Was that a thing for real? Or did she just say that? Does that play in later? Were they oh, cursed? Oh yeah, I forgot about that. Was it just a one-off line? I don't Molly's... feel like it is. Tamara Pierce would have just wrote it to be like, ah, just kidding. We're not going to. I can see this. it in Molly's face that she's like trying to hide something. <laughs> I can tell. <laughs> We'll see. Because yeah, it seemed like a really weird one-off line. I'm like, oh, so you sh- did you take away the curse that was on her door? <laughs> I don't know. No. <laughs> there was a curse? Are they cursed now? What kind of curse is it? Are they going to lose all their fingers and toes? You know? No, I can't imagine it would be a very good curse, right? Because oh. <laughs> they speak a lot about how she wasn't a very good... <laughs> she was living in abject poverty... I'm not going to say for a reason, but her, her inventions were not very good. So we will, we'll, we'll see, I guess. I see that eye wiggle. <laughs> I'm onto something. I can smell it. <laughs> I'm so excited about the next book. I was going to say, I mean, we already know that like curses and charms and locks are a thing. Cause that, that, that is, that is a huge point of, uh, getting into Amory's stuff is getting through a lock. That's magic. So, I mean, mm-hmm. who knows? I'm trying to throw you off. <laughs> yeah. I'm onto something. I know it. Or maybe that's why Rose Thorn got sick. Mm, Wasn't she so. sick before that? I think so. Mm-mm. Maybe it happened at the same time. Who mm. knows? Well, we'll find out in the next one. Oh, no, 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 because they brought the book back and then they were doing more research. So, yeah. yeah. Trying to throw me off the trail. <laughs> <laughs> I'm on to you. <laughs> Can't fool me. I'm too slick. My next question is for me and Indy. How was reading this book different this time around than previous reads 
I literally wrote, I'm effing living through this. Yeah. I just wish that face that I just made was like transcribable into audio. It was so much more real because we're going through it. <laughs> because we're going through it. I think the other thing is like, I've always had that sort of progression in my relationship with Crane, but mm-hmm. I feel like it was even more so this time, maybe because being an adult made it easier to understand adults. All the more reason that I wish that I could have seen more of Crane in this book. I feel like my sort of analysis of his character was more in-depth this go-round. Yeah, it definitely did change this time because, A, we are living through it. And that already makes it more realistic because we are in the middle of something similar. But how everything is handled is insane. Way back last year, when we started reading this, I don't think any of us knew how bad it was going to get. I knew it wasn't going to go well, but I was thinking, eh, six months. Yeah, none of us thought we were going to be stuck in this for a year more. Yeah. So here we are, a year later, still in it. But how everything was handled in the book itself is so parallel with some of the stuff that's going on today. One of the things that you don't see in the book is there's no people who are like, oh, it's not real. Ah, it's not a real thing. Yeah. You don't need to wear masks. You don't need to wear masks. It's real in the fact that we're living through it, but it's also, God, I wish that's how we were living through it. I... Yeah, the the ending still hit really hard because, you know, we we lost some people this year. Yeah. We all lost people this year. As an adult, like, I don't have that same desire as I did when the first time I read it because I've said it before, like, I found it, like, six months after my great-grandmother died and my Pusa was my world. That would have been me at that age. As an adult now, I still empathize and I still understand, but that drive of wanting to bring somebody back isn't there because they probably made peace with, okay, I'm, I'm going to die. I'm dead. This is how it is now. And so it changed from the first time to this time. I feel like I've grown up a lot. To be able to be like, if I was in his position, I don't think I would have brought her back. Especially if she's like, hey, cool. I'm cool with this. Like, this is happening. Sorry. I think that's that's the big thing that's different besides we're living through it. My favorite part of (laughs) our recap episodes. (laughs) Predictions. Let's go! I want to hear these predictions. The next book is called Magic Steps. It's like not named after one of the characters. Mm. And we've been through all four, so who knows who it focuses on. <laughs> so anyway. I have, I have a prediction. Your And this book, in three words, your three words are revenge, dancing, and drugs. Does somebody dance on somebody's grave? Like, haha, I got you, revenge. This now sounds like dance on your grave. And then I'm gonna get high after I do it. Yes. I am getting fantasy footloose vibes. Yes. 
Well, like put revenge at the end, just put dancing and then drugs and then revenge. So like a gritty, gritty fantasy. I want to see. Foot <laughs> I hope it's Briar that's doing the dancing. That sounds amazing. Yes. <laughs> Give me this. Yes. Okay. So we're going to, we're going to go from Briar's book to Briar's book. Yeah, that's fine. I don't care. Okay. They know that it's a first quartet and a second quartet, so maybe the second quartet goes backwards from the first quartet. Exactly. So it's a Briar Footloose scene thing. Yes. Briar's Footloose. Briar's I Footloose. Just, yes. I love that. Briar's Footloose. <laughs> <laughs> summer, Briar is Footloose. Yes. Oh, uh, my foot is loose. <laughs> but an actual prediction, not just fantasy foot loose, because there are going to be teachers, right? I know I've gotten this this from you guys in the past that the kids are going to become teachers and they have students now. Mm-hmm. So I think there's going to be dancing magic. Like one of the students uses dance magic. Dance, dance magic. Dance. So I, I don't. I don't. I don't know if that makes sense. I think I might be totally off base. We're just going to be making Bowie and Labyrinth references throughout this entire book. Yes. <laughs> that's that's my prediction. There's going to like be that idea. somebody with magic that has to do with dancing, and they have to dance to save the youth center or something. Well. I think that good mentioned the curse earlier. So I feel like the curse has something to do with said revenge. It's like that uh that disease where everybody dances themselves to death. Yeah. That's what the curse is. Yeah. <laughs> or maybe maybe it's a retelling of Hans Christian Andersen's The Red Shoes. Oh mayhap. <laughs> mayhap is a word we need to bring back. I love that word. Anyways, so much prediction. <laughs> Revenge, I feel like it's maybe involved with the curse that Goodwin mentioned. I feel like somebody's going to get their revenge with said curse, and then they're going to be so happy they got their revenge that they're going to dance and then do some drugs because they're so happy. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe maybe they're going to do some drugs that make them dance. I feel like the lady that was telling them about the curse will make a reappearance. She's going to be the one that has the revenge, I guess. I don't know. And she's she's going to come back somehow into this. <laughs> well, that's our show. We're taking a couple weeks off before we do magic steps. Next week, we will have a recap of the entire quartet as a whole. And then we'll have a couple like special bonus episodes. And then we're also going to do a giveaway. We are. We're going to do a yes, giveaway. So be on the lookout for that, guys. Follow us on the socials. Twitter, Tumblr, Facebook, Reading Circle. Shriek Fantasy. at us. Shriek at us. Shriek at us. Shriek at us on our social media. Our yes. sweet little shriekers. <laughs> Reading Circle Temple is produced by us, Molly, Brittany, Indy, and Goodwin. If you like listening, tell your friends about us. 
If you don't like listening, tell your enemies. Please tell us what you think of the Circle of Magic by emailing us at templeofreadingcircle at gmail.com or join our Reading Circle Temple Facebook group. You can find more of Reading Circle Temple at readingcircletemple.com or find Reading Circle Temple on Tumblr. And thanks to Yellow is for Happy for our artwork. You can find more of their artwork on Tumblr at Yellow is for Happy Draws or on Instagram at Shannon and Draws. Also, thanks to Britain's brother, Thomas Dick, for our theme music. You can find more of his music by following Thomas Dick on SoundCloud. Thanks to Tamara Pierce for writing The Circle of Magic. And thanks to you for listening. Let's all have coffee next week. be honest i love like i would love to have fanfic based on just elf fiction so i need to make this more interesting then hold on give me a minute (laughs) revenge dancing drugs i don't know now that he said dance magic i i I, thinking bowie (laughs) i don't know all in one Bowie is one of the students. The what? Or no, no, Jareth. Jareth is one of the students. Yeah, Not Bowie. Jareth. The, the students. Uh, so the the four kids are walking little bear, and he chases a mouse into a cave, and then the cave turns out to be a portal to the, the underground. To where? The underground. Hell. Yes, and and then um. One and and that's where they meet the Goblin King, who at that point is just like I don't know the Goblin Prince, and uh, they they teach him dance magic. You yeah. know what? That is not a crossover I thought I would be wanting, <laughs> but I want this crossover. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quinn's. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. 
Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you.